ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Hey, welcome everybody. Um, we do this every week, but now we're going to be much more consistent. This is giving you a quick, digestible, easy-to-listen-to format where you can get eight picks each week, um, four from college, four from the NFL, and then we also, when they are up, when they are available, we, we, we do, uh, Trevor does give his picks in um, MMA from UFC, or we also uh, do boxing um, when there are big fights as well. Then on the weekends – whether it'll be a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday on Instagram Live, we'll give you some more in-depth uh, and some more interaction. And if you have questions, we'll take them uh, gladly on the HITP with D-Grub um, Instagram channel. And uh, we'll be posting that on social media to remind folks each and every week. So this should be a regular thing that you'll be able to expect. You'll be able to check it out on both of our platforms, whether it's hard to paint or get rich with Trevor Ritchie. And uh, so to start that off, let's go into it. Trevor, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? Um, eight games on the slate this week. How are you trying to find value on the board in a very strange season? It's hard at this point, David, you essentially kind of go with your instinct that you've been playing with throughout the season um, and play the number that we talk about, you know, a lot throughout the year, being smart about where you take value um, on either side of these plays. I try to mix it up, obviously, for the audience as well in terms of um, times and throw it over under in there. So I don't necessarily play exactly how I might as a, as a sharp or whatever you might want to call it. If I was actually, you know, doing the slips, which I do with these as well. Um, but you just, you just try to follow trends in terms of, and I think that's going to be really evident in our NFL picks this week um, because college football has honestly been the thing that's been holding us back a little bit. Um, but, you know, sometimes, honestly, David, you know, this, you're just flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah, and, and with college football in particular this year, it's it's been a lot of that. Um, you you may not know who's playing from day to day, let alone week to week. Uh, so, uh, yes, it's been difficult to predict uh, how this season has played out. Let's start um, with those college picks. Memphis uh, headed to Tulane this weekend here in New Orleans. The over for that game is 63. I've seen it as high as 63 and a half. I like that over. Tell me why I should or should not. You know, I think this is the best overplay in college football this week, and that's obviously why I threw it in there. And it's pretty simple. Both teams give up over 400 yards per game. They both average right around 400 yards per game or more. They both give up around 28, 29 points per game. And you can normally expect either of them to score 30 plus on a good day. So it just seemed like the, the perfect formula for an overplay. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they are in a lot of ways, mirror images of each other in both their offensive ability and defensive ineptitude, which we certainly, I did not expect another year of that out of Tulane, but here you are. Um, Ohio state, a lot on the line for them because they may not, they're doing everything they can just to get enough games to make the minimum they're going to play Sparty um, at Michigan State. 23 and a half feels like it could be too much 
Uh, what do you think? It felt like it could be too much at first, David. But then when you look at Michigan State got shut out on their home field by Indiana a couple weeks ago, and that was 24 nothing, right where this spread is, actually. And Indiana gave Ohio State a good run a couple weeks ago themselves, but they still weren't quite on the same level to me. So if you're going to give me a spread that a lesser common opponent just won by with a team like Ohio State, then I'm going to take it, especially with a game like this that I felt like I had to throw into the slate. Even uh, with Ryan Day, the head coach sidelined um, with COVID, um, you, you're fine with the, the level of disparity between Ohio State and Michigan State. Ohio State is just one of those programs that you can lump into the category that they don't skip a beat in those types of situations very often. I mean, from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day to the situation now, um, this is the type of program that's built for this type of thing. So, yeah, I, I like the 23 and a half. All right, we go to the SEC for the last two. First, you got Florida at Tennessee in Knoxville. Um, I feel confident with the Gators giving 17 to a Tennessee team that has not looked good all year. I have to agree. I've seen it as high as 17 and a half. I'd probably, I don't know, take it up to three touchdowns, but you know, I'll keep it at 17 where I got it. And I think they definitely got the number right because the only game Florida hasn't either you know covered or pushed since Halloween was a spread that was over 30 points. And Tennessee's record against the spread, as a matter of fact, you ready for this, David? One, five, and one. So I don't know why we haven't faded them more, but I guess I have to here. There's absolutely no reason people should think they can keep this within 17. Um, Alabama at LSU, uh, disaster season for LSU got worse as they uh, lose Terrace Marshall. Um, he decides to opt out of the rest of the season. Tigers haven't scored a touchdown at home against Bama since the first quarter back in 2016. Bama has more wins in Death Valley, 29 in this series, than the Tigers have in the series as a total of 25. Is 27 and a half points too much, too little, or just right for this one? Well, it's too little at, at this point because it's already moved up close to 30 by now, I'm sure. And, you know, to me, remember that Auburn beat LSU by like 40 points, right? And I flipped last minute last week, took Bama to cover 25 points in the Iron Bowl, and obviously that was the right play. But if I did that, why on God's green earth would I flip when I saw the spread open here, not even a three-point difference from that? So, you know, I used to beat the drum too that it made me nervous betting Bama against the spread, but they're 5-0 and against the spread since uh, they beat Georgia on October 17th. So I feel pretty good about them making that six in a row, and, you know, I'm, I feel lucky that I got it at 27 and a half because I'm sure this is going to keep uh, creeping up. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, LSU is in a lot of trouble. Um, let's go to the NFL. The Colts at the Texans. Texans had a win on Thanksgiving over the Lions. I don't know how much that's worth. But um, the Colts, still that defense is one of the best in, this, in the NFL this season and not a great offense for the Texans. Yeah. I kind of grouped these NFL picks in, into twos um, and starting with the Indianapolis Texans game and then the Saints game would be in this category as well. It just, it, 
there are lines where I thought the number didn't give the favorite enough respect. Um, and if you're telling me this, the same team that was a three-point favorite over Tennessee, a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Green Bay, a favorite over the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm talking about the Colts here, they're only a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite over a team that a couple of weeks ago was a bigger underdog when they faced the Cleveland Browns. So, I mean, when you look at the number that way, um, I feel like you had to, had to see a lot of value with the Colts there. Yeah, the Colts have impressive wins on their resume, and the Texans, we, we know what the Texans are. Um, Las Vegas giving eight on the road at the Jets. The Jets, have they quit? It just It's so dysfunctional there. It, this, is this as bad as it's gotten? I hope it gets worse. I mean, I, at this point, your only hope is the number one pick in another season. I mean, this is the, the, the rest is just me grabbing my popcorn and, and watching the soap opera at this point. I mean, it's, it's comedic relief for, for the pain that I have to go through as a New York Jets fan. I mean, even this morning, I, was, I posted an Instagram story and I went to kind of, you know, scan the room and I got like part of the Jets flag and I didn't even feel confident enough to, to show the whole flag. That's how embarrassed I am, David. So I kind of cut them short in the video. Um, but, I mean, the play-wise, while I get out of my irrational fandom here, I mean, it, it's simple. Should there be any doubt, David, that the, the Raiders beat the Jets by eight points? I mean, this is what I meant also when I grouped um, the picks into twos. I put the Jets game um, with um, the Chiefs and the Broncos because these are two spreads where there should be no doubt that um, a blowout of sign significant value is going to happen here with both uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs, I think, this weekend. Yeah, let, let, let's talk Raiders and Chiefs before we go to the Saints and the Falcons. Because, I mean, excuse me, the Broncos and Chiefs. This is a Broncos team that is still – it doesn't matter that it won't be Kendall Hinton under center. It, it's a bad offense. Drew Locke is, has not distinguished himself as a quarterback. They gave up 31 points to a Saints team that allowed Taysom Hill to only run throw 14 passes – excuse me, less than 20 passes for the entire game. They threw for less than 150 yards, and they still scored 31 points. And the Chiefs put up over 400 yards and uh, just showed that they Tyreek Hill cannot be um, denied as one of the most explosive weapons in this league. And it's only 14 in Kansas City? I said the same thing of the when the Saints spread, right? I don't know if you remember. Remember uh, what happened with that spread um, last week between the Saints and the Broncos. So that opened around six points, which I thought on Denver's best day was still extremely disrespectful to the New Orleans Saints, even without Drew Brees. So I picked that up immediately. Well, then obviously I was very happy to see later in the week when that spread jumped to like 16 points after their entire quarterback room was deemed inel ineligible to play. So you know, I looked at this spread coming out this week and I was thinking it's got to be close to 20, maybe 18 at the least. And I see it at 14. I think it may have opened at 13 and I caught it late at 14. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what it's at uh, today, but I, ha I had to take that, David. There's no reason with either of those that, like I said, once again, the, the Raiders or the Chiefs that they cover eight and 14 points. It, both of those seemed way too small for me. So let's end with the Saints and the Falcons. New Orleans at Atlanta. This is the first time Taysom Hill will be seen by another team for the second time. 
Um, they've still had some very uh, inconsistent moments on the offensive line. But the truth of the matter is the Saints defense has been the best in the league the last three weeks in particular. Um, just dominant uh, and destructive against some touted offenses, including these Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Saints only a two-point favorite on the road against a team that they've dominated in this series. And, David, what? how do you look at the line? At what, two, two-and-a-half points here? Because – I still think the new – I go back and look at every spread the Saints have caught this season. And other than the Tampa Bay game where they were underdogs, this is the, low, the lowest number they've gotten all season. And why at this point is there a reason for that? E- even without Drew Brees, I'm just saying, why at this point in the season where you have solidified the Saints as, I would say, one of three of the best teams – in football, and tell me if you would disagree with this, David. The, the Saints, the Chiefs, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those yeah. would be the three teams that I would say you have to put at the top of the league right now, and then we can have a conversation about the rest after that. And I don't think I'm leaving anyone out there. So no. why at this point, when they've done so well, and, and the fact that we know that the Falcons are, no matter what number you put on it, pick them one point, they're worse than a coin flip to cover against the spread. Uh, I didn't necessarily understand the line, um, whether it was Breeze or Brian from Family Guy playing quarterback. I, I would have taken the two and a half points here. Sean Payton would never allow it to be that close. He will not allow it. Either the Saints lose badly because they just don't give a damn, or they, I think, they, or they beat Alabama. I mean, um, Atlanta by double figures. I think. Yeah, I mean, definitely definitely three points. I mean, I only need them to hang a field goal to win the game. Yeah. I have it at two and a half points. So You know this offense. So, I mean, yeah, it won't be Broncos ineptitude, but at the same time, they're going. it's not going to be called the same way either. They're not going to just run. They're going to go back to doing some play action. And I think that, they'll again, you know how Sean Payton is. We'll see things that we haven't seen Taysom Hill do this week and again you're following trends here you have to look at the fact like I said over the course of this season that the Falcons are worse than a coin flip to cover against the spread and when you look at the Saints they've covered their last four games so if you're going to take momentum you're going to look at a team that just won by 28 without their starting quarterback um, regardless of of who it was against. So, um, yeah, you're, you're going to give me two and a half points. It's just one of those things where, where this was the one where some weeks it might be um, Seattle or it might be Tampa Bay or it might be San Francisco. Some of the teams that I like to go with or, or fade against depending on what that number looks like this week. Um, and for a number of weeks now, actually, um, honestly, since the start of the season, when we look at these lines early and kind of try to predict going into the next week what the Saints line is going to look like, because that's pretty much the only team that we've done that with um, consistently throughout the season, David. But uh, uh, yeah, the this one, once again, two and a half points, it feels too easy. Yeah, it's, uh, that one would be a shock if it goes the other way. Um, so let's move on. Um, UFC, a couple of interesting fights on the card. You have uh, a middleweight battle in the main event and another fight on the undercard um, that you, you like. Uh, well, it's still in the main card, but that you da- down the card that you like as well. Let's start with them in the middleweight division there with Jack Hermanson. Yeah. You know, 
when you look at this fight, Jack's had a tough time, and I think Jack deserves a little more respect in this spot um, than he's getting at this point, just because obviously he was scheduled at first to fight Darren Till. Um, Darren didn't really have enough time to recover. I believe that was some type of injury there, so he had to pull out, wasn't ready to fight. Kevin Holland, who arguably could have been, um, could still be maybe um, fighter of the year, uh, was stepping in to take that spot. And uh, he obviously had to fall out as well. Then Marvin Vittori steps up on short notice. And this, out of, out of the three opponents that Hermanson's been scheduled to face, this was the one that I was most confident that had a chance uh, against him in this matchup. And so I'm thinking that he's going to be a, a heavy underdog going into this fight because he took it on short notice. Uh, not a lot of people might not might know who he is. Um, but for people that don't know who Marvin Vittori is, he's probably the guy that's given uh, middleweight champ Israel Adesanya his toughest fight in his career uh, in the MMA, I would say. And, um, yeah, I, I go and look at the odds, and you see that um, – that Vittori is already the favorite. So obviously Vegas and the odds makers uh, see what I see there. So I had to go with him at, I believe he's a, a minus 135 favorite. Um, in boxing, there's an interesting welterweight fight, fight between uh, the champion, Errol Spence Jr. and former champ, Danny Garcia. What, who do you like in that fight and why? You know, it's it's been a long road for Earl Spence Jr. after the, the car accident. Obviously, he suffered and uh, got a lot on the line here with uh, him returning against a guy like Danny Garcia with the WBC and the IBF titles on the line. And um, it's no slouch for Spence to be jumping back in there with by any means. But yeah, I think you got to stick with the undefeated guy the guy that's coming in as a minus 455 favorite. And uh, with all respect to Danny Garcia, uh, the fight that people really want to see come out of this is Earl Spence Jr. and uh, Terrence Crawford um, to kind of unify that welterweight division there. So that's what I'm looking forward to as well. But even Earl Spence Jr. said it himself leading up to this fight that, uh, you know, if he was anybody else uh, looking at him from the outside, uh, that he would have his, con he would have concerns as well. But, um, He's just the type of guy, I believe he's 26-0 and 0 at this point in his career, um, that uh, one of those guys you don't bet against until you see it. And uh, maybe it could happen because, like I said, Danny Garcia is a, is a hell of a fighter, but I'm not going to do it um, until I see it. So going to have to go with Earl Spence Jr. in that one. All right, so let's wrap it up there. We promised it would be quick. We promised we'd be straight to the point. So um, check social media. Make sure you uh, follow Trevor. Trevor, hit him with your address. Uh, I mean, your – um, handle one more time. Yes, at Richie TMR, R-I-T-C-H-I-E-T-M-R, pretty much anywhere you want to find me. And check out the podcast, uh, the Get Rich uh, with Trevor Richie podcast as well. And you can follow me at DM Grub and check, so check those and we'll let you know when we're going to do the IG Live each and every week. Until the next time, I'm David Grubb for Trevor Richie. Talk to you soon.